You are listening to Yo Teach, the Iowa Council of Teachers of English podcast, episode one. Today we're talking the first ever ICTE writing retreat, why we love teaching English, and two books you need to add to your TBR list immediately. So let's get started. Hey everybody, Austin Hall here. As a member of the publications team of the ICTE Executive Board, it is my pleasure to welcome you to the Yo Teach podcast. The podcast is produced every month for your enjoyment, and notes from each episode can be found at the online home for ICTE, www.iowaenglishteachers.org. Be sure to check out the website for all things ICTE. You can also follow our organization on Twitter at ICTE underscore board and find us on Facebook. All links are in the show notes. Now, let's get to the show. As a board, we here at ICTE are always thinking of how we can continue to serve and support you, our members. This podcast is certainly born out of that idea. But we're also well aware that there is often no substitute for the tremendous impact that face-to-face interaction with like-minded educators can bring. Our annual fall conference held in Johnston each October is great for this sort of recharging and in-person learning. But we also know that not everyone is lucky enough to receive district funding to attend each year. We at the executive board are thrilled to announce that ICTE is hosting an Iowa Writing Project-inspired writing retreat in a few short weeks. I had a chance not too long ago to chat with writing advocate extraordinaire and our ICTE outreach coordinator, Haley Malis, to learn a little bit more about this exciting opportunity. So Haley, thank you for joining me on uh, the podcast. Thank you. Um, I know you want to talk about some uh, really exciting news that we're offering uh, to our ICT members. Um, and I know that has to do a lot with writing and that's something you're, as a teacher, I know you're really passionate about. So. Um, I guess I just wanted to kind of give you the floor here to say a couple of things. Tell us about this exciting event and uh, sort of where you got the idea to, to, to have it. Yeah, awesome. Well, I think that the board has been doing a really awesome job, I think, encouraging teachers to practice what we teach. <laughs> um, that if we want our students to be writers, that we need to demonstrate that we ourselves are writers. And... Um, I've been lucky to have gone through the Iowa Writing Project, and I think that having that face-to-face connection with teachers in the room where you're sharing your writing and you're experiencing that vulnerability and you're learning and growing together is so powerful, and it's something that can't really be replicated in an online forum. And um, one of our missions for ICTE is to try to build connections with teachers from around the state not just through the online approach, but through face-to-face. And so this is an opportunity for people who may need a little nudge on writing or who just need a little bit of accountability or just an opportunity to come together with people who have shared philosophy. So we're hosting this writing retreat, our first ever, and it is the weekend of March 4th. It's gonna be held at Jester Park, just outside of Des Moines. We've rented a cabin and um, the cap is 25 just because larger than that is hard to facilitate. Um, and so we still have a couple of spots open right now. 
but the idea is to sort of borrow from the Iowa Writing Project Level 1, where we'll open with a reading that invites discussion and reflection, um, and people will go off and write, and we'll come back together and read something in common again, which is sparking that discussion sure. and that dialogue, yeah. small group, large group, um, but largely giving people the opportunity to write in a very beautiful, natural setting. So if people want to go outside, they can. If they want to cozy up in the cabin, they can. Um, we'll have a shared lunch, uh, like chili and soup, and just really an opportunity for teachers to come together and write together and share together. Um, and then hopefully bring that that spark back into their classroom. Right. No, that, that sounds awesome, Haley. And I know um, any of us who have been involved in the Iowa Writing Projects before have uh, loved that aspect that that sort of face-to-face -face connection, like you said, provides. What would you say for uh, those of our listeners out there who maybe don't have experience in the IWP uh, process? Uh, as far as I, I know you touch base on, you know, there'd be reading of articles and time mm -hmm. to write. Um, but what would you say to the, those people out there who maybe are, are curious but don't really know what they're... I can say for myself that... Um, I was always a writer for myself, but I never really had a community of writers. And I had ideas about writing, um, but I got to the classroom and I was kind of like, ah, I'm not sure I'm doing this right. And it was taking an IWP course that really helped solidify my philosophy. Um, and it was being able to grapple with some of those difficult questions about the teaching of writing and can we ask students to be writers and to take those risks if we're not willing to model? Hmm. So I think, you know, there are so many writers, Kelly Gallagher and Penny Kittle, and they talk about writing alongside their kids and showing that writing is a process um, and that it's not something that we ever fully master. We're always just growing. Um, and so I think being able to take the risk to maybe think about things in a different way than was modeled for us, for many of us when we were going through school. And also just the this element of empowering teachers to see that they have a powerful voice um, and teacher advocacy, that we're talking about what happens in our classrooms and we have more authority in the way that we talk about writing because we are writers. Um, those are all kind of the seeds that we hope to plant in this retreat. That sounds just like an awesome opportunity for, for teachers uh, who have uh, maybe found their uh, advocate voice, mm -hmm. uh, but also who haven't to maybe get together. Yeah, and I think for so many people, you know, we started this private um, writing group through the ICTE webpage. And so if anybody's interested, um, just let me know and I'm happy to add you to the group. But I think especially for beginning teachers, they read these really inspiring pieces of writing from more veteran teachers and they think I want to write but I'm not sure if I have anything to say and I say yes you do everybody has something to say so we just need to feel like we have that support system and for others to buoy us up and for us to be able to ask for feedback the kind of feedback that we need um, so all of those things are are things that we're hoping to help foster and grow Right. It sounds like the answer would be a lot of different things, but but what would you say uh, you're looking forward to most about the event on this uh, inaugural first, uh, first <laughs> well, trip? I'm super pumped about it. Um, part of it for me, honestly, is we are holed up in schools and in classrooms all the time. Uh, 
And I don't know if this sounds bad, but like they're not always the most inspiring places for writing. But, um, you know, so much of it for me is that I am taking ideas from things that I see all around me. So if I'm going for a walk, um, you know, I'm looking at things and it's really easy for me to sort of make connections back to teaching but also to give my permit, give myself permission to write about things that aren't about teaching. Um, and so I think nature has a way of inspiring. And where this is located, it is, I mean, there's just a cozy kind of intimate nature to a bunch of people coming together, many sure. of them strangers, but building these really meaningful relationships with each other. There's a little pond across from where the cabin is. There are trails. I think just the opportunity in a sort of difficult time of the school year for people to come together and <laughs> write and um, and share. I'm just really excited, I guess, for that, that camaraderie. And um, I walk away from these kinds of events feeling, you know, like, okay, yes, I'm re-energized and I can push through and I know there are people who I can reach out to when, you know, some of those dark days <laughs> before... <laughs> the end of the school year have a way of creeping in i mean and just even having another opportunity for uh for our membership for anyone involved with icte to to interact with one another uh, mm-hmm. when it's not october mm-hmm. at our at our conference mm-hmm. i think is a wonderful thing uh, i guess i'll let you uh out of here with <coughs> this uh haley i'm uh you mentioned right now space is limited for for this year time of this recording we still have a few spots left open mm-hmm. but um in your mind, where do you sort of see this event going, or where would you like to see? Well, this I hope that this going? is just one of many events, um, and maybe it can become regional, you know, and so it won't be such a far distance for people to travel. Um, but really, that it's not just the board; it's all teachers who have the capacity to build writing communities, um, and that if we can just sort of ignite that spark for people. I I mean, wouldn't it be a beautiful thing if like a a district came together on a Saturday morning for sure yeah. for a writing community to just share their pieces. Um and so I'm hoping that this is just the first step in what hopefully will become a, a pretty powerful piece of ICTE. Awesome. No, it's it sounds great, Haley. I, I commend you for uh getting this idea, this ball rolling a little bit. Um, and again, um, just to have that right for uh, assuming there are still some spots open at this mm-hmm. point, uh, what's the best way for people to, uh, to to register or to get involved? Well, so through the Facebook group, there was a invitation to the event that was shared, and it is <laughs> through Constant Contact. You can log in and register there, and I will repost the link there um, when the podcast is posted as well. So hopefully people are able to come and we can do this writing thing together. Awesome. Thank you for joining me, Haley. Thank you. So while the writing retreat certainly gives us something to look forward to in March, we have to survive February 1st. Despite being the shortest month on the calendar, it can certainly feel quite lengthy. It seems like it's always dark when you get to school and dark when you leave. Spring break feels way out of reach, and that stack of papers grows more daunting by the day. In short, It would be easy to fall into a bit of February malaise and negativity. Punxsutawney Phil saw a shadow after all. That said, with Valentine's Day and all that it entails, February is also a month full of appreciation and love. And there are few places I'm able to get more of those two feelings than the ICTE family. That's why I turned to all of you and asked, Yo Teach, what do you love about being an English teacher? 
My name is Missy Springsteenhoff, and I teach 7th and 8th grade language arts at Clearing Goldfield Dow's Middle School. And I love being an English teacher because it gives me the opportunity to help young people find their voices. Um, so much of adolescence is having things forced upon you or not feeling in control and needing to rebel against that. And so I think the magic of an English class and the position of English teacher is that even though you're still in that position of authority, we also have this amazing opportunity to give our students a lot of agency and tools to express themselves and be in control of their own narratives and therefore take control of their own lives. Hi, my name is Jessica Charkasjaya. I love being an English teacher because I love to see my students fall in love with an idea and they become enthralled with a sort of joy as curiosity spills over and they ultimately become a lifelong knowledge seeker because of that one moment. I also love being an English teacher because I feel like it gives me an opportunity to help students unravel some of their uniqueness and quirkiness um, to help them grow and excel into the things they do. This is Joanne Gage from Mount Vernon High School. I love teaching English because I have the opportunity to edit and revise students' work I get to see them publish their work and get feedback from a larger audience. I see them grow in their writing and the pride in their work. That's a great thing about teaching. Hi, I'm Jenny Seibert. I'm an English teacher at Ames High School. I love being an English teacher for a lot of reasons, um, mainly because you really get to work with students as they become adults. You get to have conversations with them that I don't know if they get to have in every classroom and really dig through literature and learn how to write at like an adult level and their analysis becomes deeper and the conversations we have about literature and about life and connections to society is just really awesome. So I love being an English teacher because of my students. Hi, I'm Jenny Cameron Paulson from Cedar Falls, Iowa. I love being an English teacher because books and words have meant everything to me for as long as I can remember. Sharing my love of them is my legacy to my students, whether I'm reading aloud, providing a silent reading party, or placing the right book in the right hands at the right time. I'm Allison Berryhill from Atlantic High School. Of course, I love working with young people. That almost goes without saying. I, I laugh and laugh every day. And how many people get to say that? Teenagers give me fashion advice and they teach me about technology and memes and dance moves. What's not to love? But I specifically love teaching English because I love words. I have a bumper sticker that says that. And teaching English allows me to immerse myself every day in language poems and stories. Sometimes I like to think of it this way. As an English teacher, I have an excuse to read and write and talk about reading and writing all the time. And somehow this translates into a paycheck, which I then get to spend on Amazon buying more books. Hi, my name is Brenna Griffin. I teach English in Cedar Falls, Iowa, and I love it. And I love it for reasons that might sound cheesy um, and overly optimistic, but I truly believe that 
when we step into our classrooms, we have a chance to make a kid's day better and a kid's life better. When we talk with kids about literature and we help kids find their voices in writing, we help them process their worlds, we help them better contribute to their worlds, and I see that as a fantastic honor. I knew I could count on ICTE members to give us a little bit perspective and motivation to carry out through the rest of the month. That was absolutely awesome. Thank you guys for sharing that. If that doesn't give you a little extra pep in your step to carry out through the month of February, I'm not sure what else will. One of my favorite passions and pleasures as an English teacher is being able to talk about books with my students. Uh, and being able to turn on a student to a particular book at a certain time that's really going to get them motivated to read. One of the things that I hope becomes a staple of this uh, Yo Teach podcast uh, is ending each episode with a few book talks, a few books that I think uh, your kids will like and that you, the listener, uh, will like as well. So the first book I want to talk about today uh, is called Born a Crime by Trevor Noah. Uh, Trevor Noah, as most of you probably are aware, is the host of uh, The Daily Show, uh, Weeknights on Comedy Central. Uh, he took over for Jon Stewart about a year or so, uh, year or so ago. Um, and Born a Crime is a, a memoir consisting of 18 personal essays uh, that Trevor has written about his South African upbringing uh, and coming of age. Uh, and this takes place during the waning of apartheid and the turbulent time of freedom uh, that follows. Uh, the title of the book, Born a Crime, actually comes from an actual law that was put into place in South Africa in 1927, uh, known as the Immorality Act. And essentially, specifically what this uh, Immorality Act uh, stated was it was to prohibit illicit carnal intercourse between Europeans and natives and other acts in relation thereto. Uh, so essentially, uh, from 1927 uh, up until apartheid ended, um, in uh, 1990, it was illegal for uh, a black person and a white person in South Africa uh, to have sex and conceive a kid. Um, and so Trevor Noah is actually born uh, from his black Hossa um, mother and a white Swiss father. Uh, and so essentially for his six years uh, that he was alive, he was born in 1984, his six years he was alive, uh, he was a walking crime. Uh, and so the book sort of starts off with some of these stories about how, uh, and Trevor sort of remarks that he thought he was an indoor child, because for the first uh, six years or so, uh, he wasn't allowed to go outside. Uh, because if he was found, and uh, obviously being um, biracial, mixed race, uh, people would know that he um, was a crime and that his parents had uh, had committed uh, a crime. So uh, they sort of kept him inside uh, until apartheid ended. I came across this book uh, in January as a Goodreads um, giveaway. They were giving away uh, copies of the audiobook, uh, which is also read by Noah himself. Uh, and I personally love audiobooks. Uh, for me, it, it's one of the best ways for me to carve out time to read uh, during this hectic time of the school year. Uh, and to me, this would be my recommendation for experiencing this book, uh, Born a Crime. Um, Trevor Noah's unique voice, both written and spoken, uh, his comedic timing, uh, and, uh, and also his pronunciation of the Hassa clicks and words alike make it a really immersive reading experience. Uh, what I also really like about the book is, uh, it, I mean, as I said, it's 18 different uh, personal essays written by Trevor Noah, and it definitely fits into that audio, autobiography uh, memoir 
uh, genre. And for me, sometimes I feel like uh, students are, are sometimes hesitant to to creep into this uh, genre or this section of the of the classroom library. And this, I think, will be a really great um, book. Uh, it, it's timely uh, when you're talking about obviously um, all of the the issues with race that our country still faces. It was really interesting for me to uh, read this through the lens of of South Africa. Apartheid was something I thought I had a pretty firm grasp and understanding on uh, from some of the books and movies and history and, and all that stuff that I, I had uh, immersed myself with. Uh, but I, I really learned a lot from reading Born a Crime. Um, and, and what I like too is it's, it's not your typical comedian memoir. Uh, I, I wouldn't necessarily put this in the same uh, the same exact section as your Bossy Pants uh, by Tina Fey or your book by Amy Poehler or Mindy Kaling. Um, not that it's not funny. There are certainly funny parts. Uh, but for me, it's it's much more about getting the reader to laugh, but also to learn and really experience what what life was like at the end of uh, apartheid uh, in South Africa. So uh, I would definitely recommend uh, Trevor Noah's Born a Crime, Stories from a South African Childhood. The second book I want to talk a little bit about today is one that kept popping up in my social media feed. I kept seeing this cover over and over again and didn't really know anything about it. So then I decided to look into it and what do you know, it was right up my alley. The name of the book is Books for Living by Will Schwalbe. Uh, and Schwalbe is the author of another book called End of Your Life Book Club. Uh, but in this book, Books for Living, he celebrates the act of reading and invites readers along in his exploration for books that speak to the particular challenges our modern world presents, with all of its noise and distractions. In each chapter, Schwalbe examines a different book, what brought him to it or it to him, the people from his life he associates with that book, and how it helps him come to a deeper understanding of himself and the world. The range and scope of the books he discusses is vast. The book spans centuries and genres, from classic works like 1984 and The Odyssey, to children's favorites like Stuart Little and The Little Prince, to contemporary thrillers like The Girl on the Train, and even cookbooks, poetry books, and any other type of genre you can think of. And each one relates to the fears, concerns, and questions we all share and have in common. The book is fantastic in its own right, as well as being a treasure trove of book recommendations. But Books for a Living is a must-read for the lover of literature of all kinds and of life itself. My favorite thing about this book, however, is its sheer volume of conversation that it will undoubtedly incite. Schwalbe speaks to this idea in the afterword of the book. In that afterword, he says, I used to think the greatest gift you could ever give anyone is a book. But I don't say that anymore, because I no longer think that's true. I now say that a book is the second greatest gift. I've come to believe that the greatest gift you can give people is to take the time to talk with them about a book you've shared. A book is a great gift. The gift of your interest and attention is even greater. Amen, brother. Read this book, Books for Living by Will Schwalbe, and then talk to someone about it. Thanks for listening to the Yo Teach podcast. I hope you enjoyed episode one. 
Look for episode two next month. If you enjoyed what you heard, please let us know by reaching out to us on Twitter at ICTE underscore board, following our Facebook page, or commenting in our Facebook group. Also, be sure to bookmark our website, www.iowaenglishteachers.org, and check it out often. That's where you'll be able to find show notes from this month's episode that include all the pertinent links and info. One of those links will direct you to a Google form where you can let us know what other topics you'd like to hear discussed in future YoTeach podcasts and other ways we on the executive board can continue to support you. Music for this episode from the Free Music Archive by Josh Woodward, Lee Rosevere, BOPD, and Broke for Free. Thank you also to Haley Malis, Missy Springsteen Hop, Jessica Chakrasanjaya, Ginny Seibert, Joanne Gage, Jen Paulson, Allison Berryhill, and Brenna Griffin for their contributions to this week's show. Be sure to let me know if you'd like to contribute a book talk for a future episode. Your participation is important to and valued by us. Thanks again, ICTE. Until next time, this has been Yo Teach, the official podcast of the Iowa Council of Teachers of English.